Yo, yo, my name is Big Lou, and you are now listening to Go Produce. We're the show that explores how music industry professionals turn their passion into profits. In this episode, we've got Mercedes Gaja, an intelligent and charismatic human who carries an intense passion for languages, culture, and music. The Go Produce focus of this episode is how do you describe what a prime artist candidate looks like for an event? If you are interested in learning how you can profit from music in more ways than just money, then this episode is for you. All right. Thank you, Mercedes, for being here. I want you to know that we really, really do appreciate your time. So let's make the most of it and go produce. Listeners, let me tell you who we've got in store for you today. Mercedes has experience in both nonprofit and corporate sectors. She is passionate about languages, culture, and musica. Following her passion for the arts has gotten her involved in the ongoing success of multiple arts and nonprofit organizations and festivals through artist recruitment, vendor coordination, administration, and marketing and social media tactics. Mercedes is also very community-driven. She is currently the co-artistic director of Sunfest, where she manages bookings and liaises with artists. Her professional, academic, and travel experiences, coupled with her passion and drive, have allowed Mercedes to reach her success. Mercedes Gaja, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We are very <laughs> honored to have you here. Like I said, we do not like to waste time. <laughs> Let's get right into it and make the most of it with our first segment. First segment is called The Basics. Love it. Oh, there it is. I was waiting for it. <laughs> Perfect. So what we're going to do in The Basics is we're going to run through some simple questions so that we can ultimately get to know you on a better level so that moving forward, we're all on the same path. Cool? Okay. Sure. All right. So what is your first musical memory? Oh, my gosh. That's tough. <laughs> That's not so, so simple, maybe. Let's see. No, it's not so simple. I grew up in a house household full of music. So, um, ooh, good question. Probably watching my dad's band play. I think that's probably one of my, yes, I think so, actually, because I remember running up to a musician and thinking it was him and I like hugged his leg <laughs> and I look up and it's not my father and I just freaked out. That's one of my earliest music <laughs> So my dad was, uh, he came to Canada as a refugee, and so therefore he made this Latin ensemble. And so Latin music plays a huge role in my life. So that's one of my first musical experiences amongst the thousands that I've had. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I bet you, I bet you we're going to dive into a couple more. But I, I like I like starting with the first musical memory because it really, it really rejuvenates you almost. You're like, wow, so much has happened in my whole time. And then oh moving God, forward yeah. is kind of cool. How does a cultural promoter go about doing what they do? I, I don't fully understand what this role is. I just want to hash that out a bit. Okay, well, a cultural promoter does exactly what that is. It's culture. And so we promote culture through music, through visual art, through um, food, through beverage events and community events in general. And so for us, it's about promoting um, different diverse cultures in order to create a great community and social impact. So that is what a cultural promoter is. <laughs> it's nice and to the point. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> for Sunfest, are you the person that actually goes and selects the talents by going to the countries and, and different festivals? Yes. 
Yes, I am. So as a team, uh, so there's three of us that do it, uh, mostly, mainly two of us, really. But uh, we go and we're invited to music markets and conferences around the world. We go to about 20 of them per year. And um, yeah, we go and we meet with artists. We do speed meetings. We see the showcases. Um, Yeah, so we go and we see who's driven, who wants to come. And we follow up with them or they follow up with us. And we select based on having a diverse lineup throughout that year, not only for our festival, but for our concert series. So yeah, so everything that you see on the SunFest stage, we've seen in person. That takes a lot of time. So you're doing that all throughout the year for the the actual event. At multiple times throughout the year too, typically. you know, there'll be, uh, it's a very heavy season in the fall to go traveling. Uh, in the winter, it's, yeah, pretty pretty constant, I would say. I think where it slows down is kind of the summer. Um, so we'll go maybe to one or two conferences in the summer. But yeah, typically 15 to 20 per year. I'm, I'm guessing it's slowing down in the summer because people are actually performing. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. So typically when they have these conferences, they want to get as many presenters and promoters um, festival organizers, uh, performing arts center programmers to come. And summer is a very busy season, as you know, not just in Canada, but all over the world for uh, festivals going on. So if there's too many festivals going on, then not a lot of people can attend because they're busy with the prep beforehand. (laughs) Of course, of course. And if you're attending so many throughout the year, you said you've got a team, you might be actually physically at all of these 20. But to what extent are you involved at each of these conferences? For example, like, are you just walking around attending? observing or are you like on stage being like "Mm, this is what you got to do you know (laughs) uh depends on the event depends on how many drinks have been had Um, (laughs) no i'm just joking um no it uh, usually will if we're invited to a conference we're usually invited uh there'll be like panels or conferences or workshops that happen throughout the day as well and so we'll typically go on to either talk about um touring and exporting in Canada, uh, could be talking about our roles as Latinos in the music industry, my role as a woman in the industry. Um, It could be talking about just how our event is free and why we think that's important. Uh, Many different subjects related to not just what we do, but our contribution to the industry as a whole. And then uh, usually nighttime, depending on the way the conference is structured, um, usually nighttime is packed with showcases back to back to back to back. And um, for us, that's our priority. Our priority isn't necessarily going to visit different booths if there's an expo. Um, we'd love to do that, don't get me wrong, but our priority is the live music, the show, because in the end, the artists that we bring to London, we know that a lot of people are not familiar with them. And so further, we want to make sure that there's a band who's on stage that is so engaging with their audience because we want them to engage with London audiences and we want it to be a memorable memorable experience for Sunfest goers. So uh, yeah, typically we're out there watching as many showcases as possible. Sometimes it's like boom, boom, boom. I'll see 15 minutes of one, but then another one's going on in a different stage or something. So I'll make sure to try and catch as much as possible. But sometimes the band is just so good. You just have to stay for the whole set. It you know? happens. So- yeah it happens and when that happens um, you know you got a winner oh 100 percent. and you're like here's my card contact me i'm gonna try and make this thing happen with other presenters in canada as well and so yeah so yeah it's it's very um it's tough work in the sense that it's very physically demanding um a lot of late nights a lot of late hours but it's it's great you know we love what we do we love we we know we're in a privileged position to do it um and we're gonna keep doing it as long as we can (laughs) hey i like that okay cool 
clearly you've got a lot going on and it's good and you want to continue with it. But what was the most difficult part of growing up with Sunfest? Ooh, I think, I don't know. Uh, difficult, maybe, I guess. I think just the challenges that the organization, because my life is tied to the festival. It, it always is. I've never missed one. I've never missed being involved with one. Even when I was like seven or eight at the beginning, I was still running around grabbing donations or handing somebody a sandwich or something. Do you know what I, mean? I was always involved. I think the most difficult part might be just kind of the, the social barriers that we've faced as a, I say this in quotes, multicultural festival. Uh, we don't consider ourselves that way because we find that multicultural signifies an otherness to the Canadian identity. And so we call ourselves a culturally diverse festival. But with that, and especially in a city like London, Ontario, it it, it was very difficult to get it up and running and to face that kind, those kind of barriers, people not, not believing in the messaging that we were uh, touting, um, maybe not supporting us thinking, oh, you're just like a little multicultural festival, blah, blah, blah. So facing that adversity, I would say, was the most difficult thing. And to this day, even as established as we are, I feel like we constantly just have to justify our existence. And, and especially when it comes to grant writing, things like that, um, it never ends. It never ends. So professionally, I would say that's the most difficult thing is grant writing the worst um but it's you know it's worth it it's worth it it's a huge part of our job uh finding funding to ensure that this is a free event so it's as inclusive and accessible as possible um but personally yeah i would say that that was the that's the most difficult part is just facing that adversity and people not necessarily understanding or being like oh that's just noise whatever is going on down there and not understanding the artistry behind it um but other than that, I mean, it's a great experience. It's a it's a unique life, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I don't come across very many people who do that. There's there's a lot of good that comes from it, but is there almost one statement that you would say is the best part of this? How would you summarize that? Just the traveling or the meeting, the social, yeah? The social impact. The social impact of the festival. I think creating that positive, inclusive space is the biggest feedback that we get. And it's the, what makes us most proud and gives us goosebumps, you know? And so for us, it's priority number one, is the band playing? Is there an audience watching it? That's all that matters. You know what I mean? Like those two things, ensuring that people are celebrating together, that they are um, celebrating in a way that makes us all come together as a community. Because in the end, a community without the arts, a community without music is a community without the soul. So therefore we wanna make sure we are constantly contributing to that. So for us, that's our number one success is the social impact. That was very cool. I like that. I like that so much. And I don't want to move too far away from Sunfest. But before we move past this segment, I want to know, are there other arts and nonprofit organizations that you are a part of? Uh, yeah, so I'm part of a board called Women in Politics. So that is a nonprofit organization based in London, and it's a citizen-led uh, grassroots initiative in order to promote women to become involved, uh, whether it be at a local, provincial, federal, or even small p politics level. Uh, so that could be school boards or just any kind of movement in general that furthers uh, women having equity within you know our life, essentially, but mainly politics, because women at the table means changes happen and good changes happen. Mm -hmm. I applaud that. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you, you for your part. <laughs> try our best. Yes, you got to try your best. <laughs> but this draws a conclusion to the first segment. Next up, we're moving swiftly into, whoop, I hit the mic, into the speed round. Whenever you're ready, grumpy sound guy. <laughs> hey, 
we're all working with something. Okay, is it? There it is. I give you a little shimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Next segment we got is the speed round. In this segment, what we're going to be doing, Mercedes, is giving you 20 simple questions. I promise, more simple than the first segment. They're designed to be answered by just one word. You can give me a yes, no, this, that, both, neither, whatever you like, but that's it. After the 20 questions are asked, you do have an opportunity to justify them. Cool. Okay. So no justification in the moment. Correct. Okay. All right. Got it. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. <clears throat> do you prefer to wear? Ex wow. Let's, let's take a couple steps back. <laughs> do you prefer to wear a smile or a game face? Smile. Are you a night owl or an early riser? Night owl. If you could book any one artist, budget not being an issue, who would it be? Sampa the Great. No idea who that is. We'll talk more about that later. <laughs> what is your favorite? I just finished listening to her. <laughs> there, there we go. What is your favorite adult beverage? Ooh, gin and soda. Does your birthday always happen on the same day? Of the week? No. <laughs> <laughs> do UFOs have sorry. a weight limit <laughs> or sorry do, do UFOs have a weight limit for carry-on luggage no would you rather have a rewind button or a pause button on your life Ooh, pause do you play any instruments yes Timon or Pumbaa Timon work hard or play hard play hard do you caffeine or do you not caffeine caffeine all the way <laughs> <laughs> would you rather would you rather hear the good news or the bad news first? Bad news first. We can expect to have Sunfest for another 25 years? Hell yeah. Okay. Summer, winter, <laughs> fall, or spring? Summer. Do you prefer the color red or blue? Blue. Anchovies or sardines? Sardines. You given a Pekka Chukcha presentation in the past. Yes. Yes, you have. You like to dance? Love it. Do you prefer dessert before dinner or after dinner? Before. And your favorite artist is? Oh, I don't know. There's just so many good ones. It's tough. Uh, oh, my God. Speed neither? Run. Uh, neither. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I failed. The pressure is real. <laughs> I mean, what genre? What decade? <laughs> yeah, you can't. I can't ask you that. That's not a fair question to ask can't you. Do it. <laughs> That's funny. That is... The speed round. I think I did pretty good. You did awesome. <laughs> you made it through. You're not sweating. Do you have anything that you would like to justify? Uh, well, okay. That last question, first of all, <laughs> there's just like so many amazing artists that give me goosebumps and like make me feel amazing. And um, I don't know when I'm thinking like teen angst, like growing up in London, like this is what I love to listen to. I loved Elliot Smith. Um, but then, you know, when it comes to singer songwriters growing up in my household, like there's like Silvio Rodriguez, there's, oh my gosh, Pablo Milanes. There's just so many amazing, amazing artists. Yeah. So I, yeah. Too For many. their own reason. Yeah. <laughs> What about the the artist that you said you would book without a budget? I didn't know that person. Oh, so her name is Sampa the Great. She is an Australian Zambian based rapper, a hip hop artist, and she is just blowing it out of the water right now. I highly, highly, highly suggest you go and check her out. And she's just amazing. Uh, I'm so impressed with her lyrics, her messaging, her musicality everything and so and i was just listening to her right now before this podcast so that's what she popped in, in my the head, head first. that's awesome yeah <laughs> very cool very cool um 
instruments. You said you played? I do. I play piano. It's right behind me, actually. <laughs> I should have just used my eyes better. <laughs> Did you, is, is that a, a lifelong pursuit or? Yeah. Yeah. Lifeline. So like I, uh, I've studied piano since I was about eight years old and um, do you perform? I'm, uh, I do not perform. I am a studied musician. I am not a performing musician, and that's okay. I prefer to amplify those who perform. Um, and I am learning guitar. I play the saxophone, and I diddle with the ukulele. <laughs> you, miss, are very talented. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what about you? Do you play any instruments? Funny you should ask. I actually started playing the piano three months ago. Um, oh. It's something that I wanted to learn for, like, since I was born, but I never really had the full opportunity. But yes, and I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with how far I've come along so far. Yeah, do you have a keyboard? I do, I do. It's actually right behind this camera about? as well. <laughs> they're, they're, they're upset with me. No one really wants to talk to them anyway. <laughs> but thank you for asking me that. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. That does draw us to the end of this segment, though. Um, unless you want anything else to clarify? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, oh, also, play hard, work hard. Both, actually. That's a better <laughs> response, yeah. In order to play hard, you need to work hard first. and Or, you know, just do that constant cycle. That's why I play hard, because I work hard. <laughs> I feel like while you're playing hard, you're also working, though. Because you're out and enjoying yes. the show, but you are you can't just, like, go home at the end of the day. But you have to enjoy it somehow, so you have to play hard. <laughs> so that's why that was the first one that popped in my head. But I'm like, no, it's, it's both. <laughs> <laughs> you're being very considerate to yourself and everyone around you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Cool. That is the speed round. Moving on to what's yo take? Yes. <laughs> you you really like those transition sounds, don't you? I love the sound effects. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Perfect. In what's yo take? We're gonna be providing you with different quotes, statements, topics. And we just want you to share your opinion, your perspective on the matter so that we can take something away from it. Yes? Okay. Yes. Okay. Scouting an artist has to be done live. What's your take? I would say mostly yes. Um, I am all about the live experience. I think a produced video doesn't necessarily show me that unless the video is in front of an audience. That is different. So there are certain agents and managers that we work with who've come to know. They know... Our taste a little bit and so they say this is an amazing band take a look here's a great video um a live video of course because they know that's what we like um and so based on that sometimes we'll book a band like that usually it'll be through live sometimes it'll be just through recommendation of people that we trust their their taste in music um but i fully believe that the live experience is first and foremost center to everything have you had experiences where you didn't book someone live and then you were upset? Like, why, what is your preference to going out and seeing them live? What do you mean? Like, I booked them and then I saw them live and they weren't where I expected? Or... Right. Like, like you, you didn't have the opportunity to see them live and you took someone's word and they came to your show and they didn't perform up to standard. Not that I can think of, to be honest. Hold on. There's a lot of artists that we book. Um... No, I, yeah, no. <laughs> so you got a solid community and, and like trust within your peers to provide 
you know, because we don't charge admission, like we don't need to book this big commercial act or something in order to sell tickets. We can, we have that luxury that we've worked hard at, don't get me wrong, but we have that luxury where we can book an artist based on their music quality. And so we know that those agents that we work with, um, they are recommending us something that is that is good, that is good, good quality. Um, I can't really think of something that happened like yeah, sometimes it's just happenstance. Like, I mean, because we book so many international artists, sometimes there's visa issues or something like that. And, you know, like one of their one of their musicians couldn't get into Canada or something like that. So therefore, like maybe we booked a band from Iran and there was an Oud player. And so now the Oud is missing and he because he couldn't get into Canada or something like that. Um those are the moments, I guess, where you're like, oh, was it necessarily what I was hoping for? But again, that was circumstantial. And we're totally cognizant that those are one of the risks that happen when you book tons of international bands is dealing with visa issues and things like that, or instruments getting broken on flights, like all that kind of stuff. It, it happens. Yeah, every we've dealt with every we've taken people to Goodwill to buy clothing because their luggage is totally lost or destroyed. Like it's just yeah, if you can <laughs> think it, it, it like has the potential of happening, it will likely happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Especially if it's something wrong, because that's for sure happening. Oh, my gosh. A, food, a smooth transitional festival? That'll never happen. Well, that's there will freaky. always be issues. That's freaky. Yeah. yeah. That'll be where it's like, you know, kind of when the white noise goes away and you're just kind of like peering at the silence. I feel like we would have, be deer in the headlights kind yeah. of when, when that happens. Yeah, it's surreal. <laughs> Very nice. When when you go to the events, to, to the showcase or wherever in the different countries, and you find someone that you like, what looks, what's, what are the following steps? You go to them, you give them your card, be like, hey, email me. And then you come home and you converse for what, a couple of months while you determine all of this. What does that look like? Yeah, it depends on the band, depends on where they're from. Um, and so let's say I go to Spain, I see a really great band that I like, I go right up to them or their manager, give them my card, say I'm completely interested. And maybe depending on the time, we'll have a coffee or a drink or something and discuss it a little bit and then follow up when I come back through email. Um, and then a lot of the bands that we book as well, we want to make sure that they have uh, funding for flights. And so therefore, a lot of the time, much like musicians here in Canada can do when they tour abroad is they can apply to an arts council um, or some kind of government or non-government agency to get support for flights. And with that comes the responsibility that you have to book a tour. So depending on the, the, the rules and regs, it could be three acts, it could be five uh, gigs or something like that. Um, so we can try and help them to find that. So we have a network of festivals um, that we work with, typically from the Detroit to Montreal corridor, but also uh, festivals out west, sometimes in the States too, um, to see if we can find them those gigs. Um, and, you know, we kind of negotiate with other presenters, say, hey, this is a band I really love. I would love for you to come on board, cover their touring costs with us. Um, so that a lot, depending on how enthusiastic we are with the, for the band, then we'll do that. And same thing with us. They'll come and ask us that. So it's a really nice exchange relationship with a lot of presenters in North America. Um, but yeah, so that process of when we see them live to when they come to the festival, it could take six months. It could take three years. So it just depends on how um, on the ball they are as a band as well in order because we can't be doing the work for them because at the same time of when we're pitching to other festivals the artist needs to do the same thing and sometimes they expect us to do all the work and we're like no 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 no. we have 45 other bands we need to do this with too so we can do some work but we can't do all of it so it's about how um, 
on the ball they are are they meeting the deadlines for those applications in order for them to get money for their flights because coming to canada is expensive like so expensive especially if you're bringing a 20-piece band from chile or something can you imagine the flight costs on that so yeah it's about them you know also like being on the ball with their um with their tour could be that when they showcase somebody from europe wants them as well and so they might go to Europe that first year because it's so easy to travel within Europe in different countries. You can drive two hours and be in a totally different country and a totally different audience. And so we have to wait. We have to wait until they want to come to North America. So yeah, it could take six months, could take three years. Um, you know, when I go to when I went to conferences last year, I knew that it wasn't for this year. I knew that it was probably for 2021 or 2022 depending on that. Whereas like some musicians get a little uh, maybe frustrated thinking like, why aren't I playing next year? You know, but our, you know, our bill takes over a year to curate because of the fact that we're traveling because we want it to be as diverse as possible. Um, and, you know, we don't want to only present bands from Colombia or we don't want to only present bands from France or wherever, you know, like we want to make sure that we are presenting from as many different countries and as many different genres and regions as possible. That's awesome. Despite the travel costs and I suppose housing and, and accommodations, is it is it typically easier to work with a ten piece than it is a three piece? What's your take on that? Uh, <laughs> uh, for us, it doesn't like we prefer. You know, when when artists meet with us, they say, you know, I have this ten piece band, but I can travel with a five piece band. So that's an interesting question because for us, we're like we prefer the ten piece band. Bring us the temp. Bring us that sound that you're selling to us right now. We want that, or that's what we saw on stage. That's what we want on the Sunfest stage. Um, but then, depending on the presenter, this is really one of those things. Like it depends on. Sometimes they're just like, oh, okay, well, you know, a five piece band is easier to travel. Sometimes ten piece band. But again, that comes down to the work of whether or not they are on the ball of finding that funding to come through. And so we prefer their bigger band. We like the bigger sound. Yeah. So. It's more engaging and exactly. it draws. Yeah, it's very cool. Very cool. What about what about fierce and tight technical rider requirements? Are they good? What's your take on <laughs> they that? Good? Uh, yes, they're good because for one thing, we can see that they're professional. They know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. But then also sometimes we have to go back and say, this is an outdoor festival. You're not getting that. Or, you know, <laughs> or like, you know, for example, they might ask for, I don't know, an hour and a half sound check. And we say, that's not happening either. You get a half an hour line check. That's it. Because that's that's the quick turnover of all of our stages, right? And so depending on the band, especially if it's like a really intricate, let's say 22 beast salsa band from Cuba, that is going to take way longer to install. So we're tr we're going to try to book them or like set them up a little bit in a way that we can do a little bit of a sound check just because there's so many lines going, right? It's so technically complex. Um, but at the same time, you know, sometimes it's just like, we're going to try, try for our best. And we work with a great production, super, uh, a super professional production company that they know their stuff. So we're not too concerned about that. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> you're not too concerned. That's a lot. I would probably be a little bit concerned. Uh, but how much time ahead of the actual festival do you have rehearsals going? What do you mean rehearsals? Uh, like, like testing, testing the stage and sound. Do you start a week in advance or? A day before. A day before. And then it's just go. And it's just go. Yeah, it's just go. And hope for the best. Okay. And and so also similar to how a headliner would typically get more care and time, 
would any artists get something like that if they're if they're further up on the bill? Um, again, because we don't have that kind of bill. We don't have the kind of bill where it's like, you know, top headliners. Like if you notice our posters, they're all everyone's going alphabetically. You know what I mean? Like there's it's the same thing because, you know, we've presented, for example, Sean Kuti in the Egypt 80. Sean Kuti is the son of Fela Kuti, who's the legendary boss of Afrobeat uh, from Nigeria. And so his son came with his dad's band. And this was a 22 piece band, I believe, 20 or 21, 22 piece band. And yeah, so he played. This was exceptional. Typically, all of our bands play twice throughout the festival, but he played one set, one two and a half hour set. And but we're like, of course, please come and play our festival. So in that sense, it was different. Like we'll accommodate in that sense sometimes. Um, But typically it's same rules for everybody. Everyone's equal, man. (laughs) That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, that brings us to the fourth segment of the show. The fourth segment of the show is called the wheel challenge. We'll fix that later. Yeah. Most people don't dance, so thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me. (laughs) In this wheel challenge, I'll be spinning this wheel behind me. There are a couple different challenges that'll pop up, um, but before we explain any of them, let's see what's in store for you, Coop. Okay. So it's perfect that you got the paper and pen because you are going to be drawing blindfolded. What? <laughs> we okay. won't actually blindfold you. Um, that's a little creepy. I'll close my eyes. Yeah, you can close your eyes or you can just not look down. That works as well. Okay. Um, so that's down. rule number one. Rule number two is you have 10 seconds. Okay? Okay. I'm going to give you three different items to draw. Just draw them separately. Um, and the grumpy sound guy is going to see if he likes it or not. Okay. Your first task with 10 seconds on the clock is a water slide. Go. Okay. I'm going to look up because I don't trust myself. Yeah, go for it. That's five seconds. Three. Okay, I'm done. Okay, let's see it. <laughs> he knows. He knows. That was pretty good. I, I, you even got the pool in there. He gave, I did. He, got, he gave you the bell. That's nice. All right, so you got one point so far. One out of one. Let's see if you can get the second one. <laughs> so the second object I want you to draw is a smiling sun. You think I'd be pro at this one. That's exactly why I threw it out your way. Let's see what happens. Five seconds. Three, two, okay. one. Let's see it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Grumpy? I keep on hearing the bell, so I think I think he I think it's a go. I think he likes it. I think it. he likes yeah. it. Yeah, it's so go. Okay, <laughs> your last one. You might be able to take the cake. The third item I want you to draw is the play button symbol. Ten. Okay. Oh damn. Okay, let's see it. Oh, it's pretty good. We got the bell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> through the roof. That's three for three. All of your drawings we don't see that very often. They're the most beautiful drawings that anyone has done at this show. Yeah, thank you. I'll and and being <laughs> the most recent show, 
that goes a long way. That's actually one of our most popular uh, games. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we got to wait at the bottom of this wheel. But we don't have to tell anyone that for real. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That is our wheel segment. You did well. You did awesome. Now we'll move into our final segment. Boom. I don't know why I say boom. Boom. Clear the air. Here. Sounds dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a suspenseful ending. That's what we're going for. <laughs> this segment being called Clear the Air, we're trying to eliminate brain fog for our listeners because a lot of people are cloudy. And we're going to do so by addressing simple challenges. I don't... We're going to do so by addressing challenges in the industry that are common. And we're going to help people navigate them better. Yes? Okay. <clears throat> so I want to know... How is the final decision made when selecting an artist to participate in Sunfest? You want to see the show, you want to see the performance, but maybe they do a great show and they are not good at responding. How does that look? Um, final decision is made just, I guess, because everything comes together in terms of, um, you know, whether they're available, whether they have the funding, and whether we have other presenters that are on board to come and to present them. Um, if we don't need other presenters to come on board, because for example, they found funding and they're like, we just need to come to SunFest and that's it. Then we're like, okay, we're good to go. You know? And yeah, it's pretty simple. And again, like if we have, let's say two bands already from Brazil, we're not going to book another band from Brazil that year. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it, that decision's already done for us at that point. We're like, nope, sorry, next year, that kind of thing. And we'll put them in for the next year after that, uh, depending if they're available. So yeah, typically, um, so I'm a core artistic director. The other core artistic director um, is my dad. And we'll get together and we'll talk about just how the sound is coming through, like the lineup, um, you know, whether or not there's some acts that are too similar to each other or something like that. Um, those will typically be the the, the decision-making processes. <laughs> right. Is there any particular characteristic about a group or an artist that will deter you from working with them entirely? Um, yeah, I guess I would say kind of it goes back to what I was saying before. It's like you have to do the work too. So if, if I find that they're not doing the work, then what's the point? You know what I mean? I'm not, we're not going to put, we put in so much effort into every aspect of this festival, not just the music part of it, but other components as well. The market, working with the city, uh, fundraising, et cetera, that I don't need to add on something else onto my plate. So attitude is very important. We love working with positive people, energetic people. Um, those will be deter uh, determinants for us to work with them uh, because in the end, that's the space that we want to create at the festival. And I think that we've been really successful in doing that. So we don't want no divas. <laughs> we don't want no divas. No time for that. Stay home. Yeah. No time for that. <laughs> when you want the artist to do some work as well, does some of that work require them securing funding themselves yeah yeah so um but then again it's not necessarily the artist right it could be their manager it could be their agent um that kind of thing so to they need to have a team and so the reason why i say that is because that means that you're passionate about your project that you are taking it seriously that that is the professional attitude uh, avenue that you want to go by don't get me wrong we all have side hustles that's fine but your passion and your priority needs to be with that group and so yeah, it's one of those things that we want to see that you have a team because you take it seriously and you've surrounded yourself with a team that'll help you do it. There's a lot of artists that are self-managed and they do really well at it, but it's so much work. 
um, to do that and at the same time continue to practice your music, continue creating your craft. It's really, really difficult. Um, but the ones that do, I mean, they're amazing. My hat's off to them. That's a lot of work. I think musicians have to and artists need to understand that you're a small business in the end. You need to know how to market yourself. You need to know how to promote yourself. You need to, you need to have massive time management and project management skills. Um, there's, there's so many components that go into that. So we just want to make sure that not only first and foremost, your, your quality of musicianship is high at an elevated level. That is priority number one. But then second is that, are you taking this project seriously? Are you serious about the industry and whatnot? So we want to see that level of professionalism as well. You got to maintain that very important. More, more on the funding. Does this typically come from grants? Uh, from the artist side? Yeah. Well, no, uh, I'm curious for both, actually. Yes, let's, let's do the artist side. <laughs> so, so the artist side, yes. It'll be usually grants, um, much like we have in Canada, Canada Council for the Arts or Ontario Creates, uh, Ontario Music Fund. Um, artists can apply for this in order to record, tour, that kind of thing. So, But then there are other um, you know, NGOs or nonprofits that are set up cultural organizations that are set up in order to help artists to export um, the music from whatever country they're coming from. Um, so again, Canada Council for the Arts, that's our export office in a sense. Like they go through a jury process when you apply to it because they know you, we want you representing Canada outside of Canada type thing. So those offices exist all over the world. Um, and then, but then some bands are lucky enough to be sponsored by brands sometimes. And so, for example, we had a Cuban band come two years ago that um, they were sponsored by a uh, hotel because they wanted people to be attracted to that. You also said earlier, the presenter of an artist. Can you unpack that a bit? Presenter of an artist. I mean, we present an artist like we kind of we take care of the back end in terms of bringing the artist, of setting up a venue for them to or a stage for them to play at. Um, and we present them to our community, knowing that they might not necessarily be a known artist here. Um, so that is what a presenter is, essentially. Uh, we want to make sure that we're programming music or visual arts or, um, or visual artists. So. Yeah, that's what we do. So we're kind of behind the scenes, making sure that everything kind of gets into place in order for the artist to perform. That's awesome. And what is the artist's specific role at Sunfest if it's not to generate revenue, considering it's a free event? You know, like just, I don't know, sharing? To promote. Yeah. Yeah, to, to share their art, that's to awesome. share their message, to... Um, bring people together to give their energy to the audience to promote their culture as well. Um, you know, we highly prioritize uh, presenting culturally diverse artists to present new genres, new countries. For example, last year we had a Palestinian band for the first time ever um, at Sunfest. So that for us, the fact that we could have them was huge because we're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing to present something completely new. And, and what was awesome about that band too is that they performed and there was these there were these lineups of people in front, you know, wearing traditional garb or like um, they were dancing traditionally. They were just so they're huge fans of this band, you know, and so I'm assuming a lot of them were Palestinian, but a lot of them could have just been from the region. I know we had a, a graphic designer that was working with us at the time. She was from Syria and she said, oh, my gosh, this band plays on all the every single car has this band playing. All the radio stations has this band playing. And so to, to bring people that it brings them also um, 
you know, a, a form of identifying themselves, a form of, of, of unifying with their broader community as well. Because what's great is that when you present, let's say, a band from Palestine or Nigeria, or it could be South Korea, these are bands that don't typically, or these are cultures that don't get typically represented here in London. And so therefore to have then these 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 people that identify themselves with that culture, for them to then be able to see it, that's exciting. But then to have other people who are not necessarily from that community go and and learn about this band or about this genre of music or about this country because they had no idea these sounds existed there because they maybe had this weird stereotypical mentality of what music sounded like from this particular country that's exciting so it's for them to share their music and their art to share their messaging share their positive vibes to entertain everything you know and music is what brings us all together it's such a powerful vehicle to bring our community together it's so important to have different voices to include as many voices as possible in order to give that to, to our community 100 percent. what does the ideal artist look like the day of the event <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> like not not like physically but are they they obviously show up on time they do their 30 minute warm-up sets and then they are out of there do they just leave what what like what's going on with them during ah, the day great question so um you know they're free to do what they want as long as they show up on time and they play their set but what we love is when artists come and enjoy the festival too so there's some artists that come and you see the band members all over discovering new music and eating new foods, chilling on the grass, you know, like hanging out, having a pint afterwards. You know, it's that is super cool to me, because then to me, that says not only are you a musician, but you're a fan of music as well, because there's a lot of musicians out there and I'm not going to name names, but there are a lot of musicians out there that don't care about other music. They care about their music and they don't care about discovering anything else. And that's so sad to me because I say, if you're part of this industry, you should be supportive of the industry as well. So, you know, maybe there's a band that doesn't have that much of an audience. Go give them an audience, give them someone to play with too. You know what I mean? And, or go and enjoy it in that way later at the hotel. When you see them, you make a new friend, you know, to me, I love people that immerse themselves in the, in the experience. And so to see artists go around with, you know, their plate of food and a pint of beer and like hanging out and like dancing uh, in front of the stage. That to me is the best artist yeah, ever. <laughs> it adds to the experience. Very cool. Absolutely. Very cool. I want to get a little bit more technical. On the technical end of your submission process, what have you found works and what doesn't? Uh, social media messaging. Does doesn't work? work? Does not work. Does not. Does not work. I Please don't send me your stuff on Instagram or Facebook. Um, I understand it's a form of communication, but at the same time, it just, it's too much. Um, send me a formal EPK, which is an electronic press kit, um, to our uh, web address. Um, and so that's listed on our website, um, or get in contact through an agency or something for them to reach out to us as well. Um, so that works very well. And then if we're at a conference and we're there, book an appointment with us and know about our festival, know about our uh, who we are. Because there's nothing more frustrating than going to a one-on-one -on -one meeting and they're like, tell me about Sunfest. And I say, no, tell me about your... <laughs> well, no, I don't say no. I explain what Sunfest is. But like, briefly, <laughs> like, it's almost if you go for an interview, like you're not going to not know anything about the company. Exactly. Do your exactly. due diligence. If you, 
And then, like, you know, when they say, we're so excited to play about Sunfast, can you tell us a little bit more about it? I say, well, why are you excited to play Sunfast, you know? And if, <laughs> and if they don't, and, and I don't say it condescendingly by any means, I'm, I'm very interested to know, to know what they what they know. And sometimes they know a lot, sometimes they don't, and that's okay. But And I'll explain to them, and we'll converse, and we'll chat. Um, but it is slightly annoying if they book a meeting with me, and they don't know anything about us. <laughs> yeah. It's, well... Other than that, is there other ways that you would wean people out from that interview process? Like, I would say that we try to, okay, so we try to stay away from uh, genres that are commercially known. So um, absolutely nothing against singer-songwriters. They're amazing. It's it's fantastic. But if if it's that typical folk, like pop, that we hear on the radio all the time, we're less likely to book you just because we want to present something new and different. And um uh, it's and there's so many platforms not only in London but across Canada for you to play at so it just might not necessarily be ours and I, I won't I don't want people to be insulted by that by any means but it's just we have a different um, goal and objective with our festival and that might not necessarily be um, catering to pop um, or rock let's say M maybe they have elements of pop and elements of rock within their music but if they're just flat out that kind of uh, genre that we can hear on the radio every day. That's not necessarily something that we're interested in presenting. Right. Right. You can find that at other festivals. You can find that on the radio. This is not what you guys are doing. You're there's playing so many opportunities. Yeah. yeah, there's so many opportunities. And yeah, for us, we want to make sure that we're opening those doors for um, voices that are not necessarily heard. Uh, very underrepresented genres. That's our priority is to present those underrepresented genres. You guys flex on it. You, you guys do very well with that. Yeah. In terms of Obviously, you study these artists and you, you really take in their performances. In your opinion, what makes a great performance? What is it? I think um, what makes a great performance for me is, you know, obviously, first and foremost, the fact that it's the quality is super good. The tightness of the band, how they interact with each other. Like, it doesn't have to be super high energy or anything like that. It could be really soulful, peaceful music, which is fantastic as well. We present that too. Uh, we don't just present party music or anything like that, whereas we love that, but like, we don't just present that. Um, artistry comes in many shapes and forms, and that includes different genres or types of music, uh, different sounds. So for us, it's that quality. Does it evoke an emotion in us? Um, so you could be going to a show and you get goosebumps or you see colors or something. Does it evoke an emotional response from us? Um, are they engaging with the audience? I know sometimes there's a language barrier and that's okay, but you want to know that they're trying to engage with their audience as well. It's not just like, here's a song, here's another song, there's another song, done. No, like engage with the audience a little bit like even if it's in broken english or even if it's in your own language it doesn't matter you're talking to the audience you're letting them know this is what my song's about or this is who we are i want to know more about you because i want to discover more about you so to me that's really important as well um and yeah just a cohesive a cohesive set that makes sense um yeah, I think the emotional response is the biggest one, though, to be honest with you, like recognizing that musical quality and that soulfulness in their music. Yeah, I feel like a common theme that we've come across here is that you, you can communicate through music in its own language, despite language barriers. So you can do that very well with the different cultures. Um, and, and it is the emotional response that it does evoke. It doesn't have to be joy. It doesn't have to be sorrow. It doesn't have to be hate for that matter. It, but it 
is an emotion that we all understand innately. Absolutely. Which is very cool. And you do have to. Yeah, no, I, I, I remember one of my artists that or one of the artists that we presented years ago, I think it was back in 2007 or eight. Um, her name was Sarah Tavares. And she was just like she wasn't loud and and crazy like she wasn't she didn't have blaring horns it was her with a trio she had a guitar and she had this beautiful voice and i remember at one point we i walked past the stage that she was playing at i laid under a tree because i was tired at that moment and i just listened to her voice and i it was just the most soothing and memorable moment that i had at sunfest at the time it was just one of those things that you know if that if that creates an emotion in me it has to create an emotion in somebody else and to me that's hyper important i agree very cool. Do sites like Sonic Bids work? Have you ever used them? I have not used them. Um, however, I do hear that they are really good, especially for venues. Um, we are not a venue, so it doesn't necessarily work for us. Um, and again, Sonic Bids uh, does an amazing job. They are, they're a great uh, repertoire, um, especially, as I said, if you're a venue, they're looking for uh, different places to play throughout their tour. But again, because we kind of created our different network and it's for more underrepresented genres, I find that we don't tend to use platforms like that. Okay, that makes sense. That's fair. Coming to an end, you said that Sunfest isn't isn't anywhere near its end. Is there <laughs> anything that you can tell us that we can expect for Sunfest 2021? Or is it too early? Is it too messed up this world right now? Which is fair. You know, yeah, it's fair. You know, thinking positively and thinking ahead, I think what we you can expect is the same positive, inclusive environment that we've always wanted to create and that I think we've been pretty successful in creating. And on top of that, I think it's going to be extra joyous and a, and a celebratory event because we were held back for a year and we're ready to like let that energy out. We're ready to let that come out. Um, you're, you can always expect top of the line, amazing musicians, a great experience with food, with artisans, with beer, like, you know, uh, we can expect all of that. Um, and on top of that, I, you know, for this year, we were hoping that we could bring more uh, international presenters to our um, festival because we want to create a little bit of an export platform for the community, Canadian musicians that we present because half of our bill is usually Canadian. Um, so from all across Canada, representing different genres and cultures. Um, so we want other presenters from around the world to see our curating abilities and to get to know these artists as well to create opportunities for them because in the end that is a lot of our work I think there's a big misconception with our organization that we're just the festival we're not we do the festival we do concert series throughout the year visual art presentations but a huge amount of our work is the um, cultural advocacy work that we do um, so constantly working on conferences and panels um, working with different uh, advisory committees associations etc to ensure that not only is there funding for arts and culture but that's always at the forefront as a priority uh, for our community so th with that comes different ways in which we work with um, different countries, for example, creating great relationship. We have a fantastic relationship with uh, with Colombia and the different uh, departments within Colombia in terms of bringing Colombian musicians. So always at the festivals, we'll have two to three Colombian acts because we have such a great relationship with them. And so therefore they invite us back to Colombia as well to take a look at what's up and coming and things like that. So, um, and also to advise, you know, a little bit uh, becoming jury members uh, for different, you know, whether it be grants or conferences, et cetera. So a lot of that is a bulk of our 
more work throughout the year. And the festival is our, obviously our main priority, but it's not necessarily everything we do and work on every single day. How big is your team throughout the year? Uh, so we are a team of four right now. Okay. <laughs> okay cool. We're a team of four uh, that works on throughout the year. And for our festival, we have over 400 volunteers. We could never do it without all the volunteers that are there. And even though we're just four and yeah, we have a little bit of salary, it's a little bit of salary. And so there's a lot of volunteer work that goes into that from our own part. Um, we do have contract workers that come on throughout the summer usually for um, festival season. Um, so yeah, a lot. It's, it's a very, very small team throughout the year and we have to manage a lot and so if we're supervising these contract workers and supervising these volunteers it just stretches it out yeah more. wow i mean as yeah four people that's very impressive but it goes to show that really nothing <laughs> is impossible it's it's been time and you nothing. guys put a lot of effort into it we can't take that away from you but you guys continue to impress and and thank you so much for all that you do <laughs> for you. for london and the greater community yeah <laughs> do you have any final words that you would like to share Keep supporting the arts, keep supporting music, you like support that musician, buy their album, you know, pay into whatever live stream they're doing, watch their live stream, share, like, you know, it's, it's incredible how much of a share and like goes a long way because it helps us as an organization, not only attract sponsors, but, you know, justify through grants, um, you know, work with media partners, et cetera. Um, but in the end, first and foremost, our work is based on the artist. So the artist needs that support as well. So keep supporting the arts. Like, oh my gosh, please. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing that I can say to so many people is that it's, can you imagine going through any kind of turmoil in our lives as we just have without music what would you do pretend like i don't have you know, to imagine without, that yeah like it's impossible i mean we're always listening to music it's always on in the background for us or it's at the forefront if we're watching it if we're going lot to a live show i mean this summer is crazy it's crazy not to hear the, the boom of a bass, you know what I mean? Of it being outside. So I think just continuing to support artists and continuing to support um, presenters such as us, we're a nonprofit organization, so that we can continue to support these artists as well. Um, that's so important for people to do. And I, I just don't want to imagine a world where there's no funding available for something like that. And people <laughs> got to realize that it's the power of one, even just one share or that one like, oh, I'm not significant. It doesn't matter. One person introduces a whole new world. So it does go a long Absolutely. way. Absolutely. You make a good point. Absolutely. How about anywhere where <laughs> listeners can either find you or Sunfest or any other kinds of socials? Yeah. So our social media handle at Sunfest LDN. So Sunfest London. So we're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, our website is sunfest.on.ca. And there we usually have a listing of what's coming up. So right now we're working on more digital programming. So we just had our digital festival last weekend and um, that went incredibly well. We presented 15 bands from all over the world. So that is still up on our YouTube channel, um, which again, search Sunfest LDN. It'll come right up and you can watch it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Mercedes. This was a super fun, awesome, interesting interview. I want to thank our listeners because without this, there is no reason for it. Without our Prevail Media Group team, we cannot put all of this together. Our grumpy sound guy, you do well. You do the effects. You you make us smile from time to time. So thank you for that. Yay, sound guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I have two questions. You got some questions. Two Let's very quick questions. questions. Is there an opening in Sunfest for me? <laughs> Is there, for the sound guy? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's set you up a tent. And uh, the second one is, would you ever want to grab a cup of coffee with me sometime? <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> I always love coffee. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> there we go. Um, lastly, Mercedes. Mercedes, thank you so much for being here. This was an honor. I had so much thank fun you. and I really hope you did. Thank you I so did. much. Yeah, the drawing part was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a challenge. You rocked it though. Three out of three, that doesn't happen very often. Yes, mm. yes. Mercedes Kaja, <laughs> we out. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this, then follow us on Instagram at go.produce. Check out our show notes, support us on Patreon, and help us grow this community. All of this and more can be found on our website at goproduce.ca. I am Big Lou, and I want to make sure that until next time, you go produce. <laughs>